Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Welcome to Market View with me, Ryan Huang. Now let's check in with what's happening in the markets right now. And it's green on the screen. You've got Japanese markets leading the way up 0.9%. Korean markets are up by 0.3%. And Australian markets higher, just above break even by 0.1%. So that is the positive action so far tracking the night of a rally on Wall Street. We've got stocks overnight up by 0.9% for the Dow and looking at what we have right now for the S&P 500 also in the green and that is seeing the S&P 500 advancing 1.6% to 3,859 whereas for the Dow again it's up 330 points or 1.1% to finish at 31,837, its highest close in six weeks. The Nasdaq Composite was the outperformer, climbing 2.3%. And we are seeing, once again, bond yields driving the direction for markets. We saw a pullback in the 10-year Treasury yields, and that is down by about 15 basis points to 4.081%. That being sparked by a story recently by the Wall Street Journal saying that policymakers in the Fed would debate the size of the December rate hike and that possibly to cut it back and dial back on the aggressiveness of its policy settings. Also, comments by San Francisco President Mary Daly on the same day called for the Fed to eventually slow down. So that is driving some expectations that the Fed's probably going to be slowing down the pace of rate hikes after its November meeting. And on top of that, we had some Robust corporate earnings coming through from the likes of Coca-Cola and Chipotle. We'll get into that in just a bit. Uh, also, worth noting is the slump in tech stocks. Now, let's bring in Raushan to talk about what's playing out in the markets on the earnings front. Raushan, what's happening here? Ryan, it's good of you to start on the good news and then bringing the bad news slightly. Yeah, the tech stocks have taken a hit. I think that's... In a swift reversal of fortunes, tech stocks slumped in post-market trading after some of the industry's biggest names reported disappointing results. Google parent Alphabet fell as much as 7.4% after third quarter revenue came in below expectations, while software giant Microsoft lost 8.1% following a disappointing revenue forecast. Ryan, why don't you talk to me about why this has happened and what can we expect from here, really? Yeah, it is to some extent not a surprise when you look at the slump in tech earnings. You have a couple of headwinds. Um, not least is the rise in interest rates. We saw that coming. Typically, when rates rise, it's not good news for growth stocks. And the other big one is the slowdown in ad spending. Last week, we saw from the likes of Snap, they talked about how ad spending by marketing firms and businesses are just not where they used to be. And that is just seeing them now brace for harder times ahead. So that's what's playing out for Snap and other social media companies and also for the likes of YouTube. And if you look at the earnings coming through from Google Parent Alphabet, all in, you are seeing revenue down to 6% from 41% a year ago. So that is a big-time moderation when it comes to growth. And if you look at where we are for the earnings for YouTube, it's ad business shrinking, so ad revenue down 2% year-on-year to $7 billion. So this is actually the first time that YouTube's ad revenue has shrunk on a on-year basis since they started reporting their results in 2019 as a standalone division. So that's the, I guess, significance of this. And you also have now 
Alphabet just talking about plans about cutting costs. They say they will sharpen their focus on a clear set of product and business priorities. So that is, in a way, a vague message that they might cut off some of their businesses or products that might not be as profitable. We already saw that when they cancelled the next generation of Pixelbook laptops and also cut funding to some of their startup incubators. So that might be in store in a bigger fashion when we see the next few quarters play out. Also, they talk about realigning resources to fuel their highest growth priorities. So that could be also a message that they might be looking to put their staff where they might be seeing more growth. For example, reallocating um, their duties. In some cases, maybe not hiring once they leave. So that is playing out in the tech space. You've seen that in many other tech companies as well. And looking at Microsoft, it is also a picture of slowdown where we are looking at Microsoft, even though beating expectations on top and bottom lines, net income was down 14% to just about $17.56 billion. And here is where the cloud revenue disappointed. Even though Azure revenue grew by 35%, it was not as much as the 40% growth in the previous quarter. And on top of that, when you have cloud computing, you need servers, and that comes with energy costs. So high energy costs eats into its margins. And that is being reflected in this latest quarter. And you have also the weaker demand for PCs affecting Microsoft because it sells Windows licenses. So that is seeing revenue on that front dropping by 15% year on year. That is steeper than any quarter in nearly seven years. So that is the type of picture that the tech companies are facing embracing themselves for possibly worse in the next few months as we talk about a recession playing out. Yeah, ominous ominous news ahead, but slightly positive, slightly positive is Elon Musk making news about his takeover of Twitter. Anything you have to say based on that? Okay, before we get into Twitter, there mm. is actually positive news on the earnings front and we have to talk about Coke and Chipotle. Oh, of so course, yes. Coke beat profit estimates and the interesting he- thing here is that it managed to do so by bundling its products in what's called value-conscious product bundles. So interesting. People looking for a bargain, looking for value, flock to these bundles. And that's one of the things that they saw sales um, go up by. So that in some fashion sees it bundle products of different sizes uh, across its range so that consumers in, in some sense get more value, but they sell more volume. So mm-hmm. that's a win-win for Coca-Cola. And looking at Coca-Cola's revenue, Organic revenue grew by 14 to 15%, or rather that is its forecast, 14 to 15% this year. And it's also increased its forecast or outlook in July from 12 to 13%. So it's raising its outlook for the year based on its latest quarter. And if you look at Chipotle, it has hiked prices mm. for the third time in 15 months. And those higher prices helping to offset the volume of transactions, which has dropped by about 1%. Okay. So the higher margins helping it, and that is seeing same-store sales rise 7.6% when it comes to revenue. So it is able to pass on those higher costs. So that is interesting to see how some companies are doing better than others by just hiking prices or rebunding their products. Um, but for now, tech space is facing habits. Now, on to Tesla when you talk about Twitter. Twitter, Tesla, Twitter. <laughs> A couple of T words oh. there. So, you got Elon Musk in the news. Yes. Reportedly, he is set to close a deal 
finally on Friday. But we've been down this road before, haven't we? We have. But I think it is likely to happen by Friday. He's been flip-flopping on this for quite some time. I believe, based on all the legal obligations, he has no choice but to seal the deal. And based on reports, he has already spoken to his banks that have been on the hook or on table for financing. They are providing about $13 billion of debt financing and they apparently have finished putting together the final credit agreement and it's now in the process of being signed. So that's the last few steps before they send the cash to Elon Musk to pay Twitter for the deal. Uh, so this is what's playing out, but worth noting, it's also quite ominous for Twitter because Elon Musk has said once he gets the deal done, he is going to fire about 75% of Twitter stuff. That is to the tune of about 4,000 people. Wow. So that's all in the name of right-sizing Twitter and I guess streamlining it for future growth opportunities. So it's tough times or short-term pain for Twitter before they see any gains. So that is the story for Twitter. But also worth noting, interest rates have risen quite a bit in the past few weeks and months. So it's not a fantastic deal for the banks when it comes to this Twitter deal. So they are on the hook for actually losses right now. They are sitting on paper losses uh, because of the rise in interest rates that they locked in earlier um, at a cheaper rate to Elon Musk. Now they're trying to offload any debt they have by selling some of the paper and products and bonds to investors interested in this deal. So they have a short timeline to sell it. So Elon Musk, as part of the sweetener, has said he will help the banks to market some of these products. So that is the next big thing to watch out for, if these banks will actually be losers in this uh, Twitter deal. Yeah, certainly plenty to look forward to before the week's end. If Friday is the deadline uh, Elon Musk has set for us, right? So we'll keep you abreast of that. Uh, if you're just joining us, you're listening to Money FM 89.3. It's Ryan Huang with The Market View. Ryan, just one last topic to touch on, and that's the inflation in Singapore. Singapore's core inflation climbed 5.3% in September, but headline inflation held steady at 7.5%. This according to the Department of Statistics Consumer Price Index data, which was released yesterday. What are we thinking in terms of inflation? Do we expect it to rise even more? I guess the good news is headline inflation is still being held steady. Yeah, I guess there is some good news to take away here. If you look at the official forecasts by the MES and the Ministry of Trade and Industry, they um, have have been maintaining full expectations for headline inflation at 6%, core inflation at 4%. If you look at some of the economists who have been watching the numbers very closely, uh, they have also maintained their full-year forecasts and in some cases talking about a moderation in inflation by the end of the year. So that's good news when you look at how some of these cost pressures have been building up. If you look at how, for example, holiday expenses, they have risen by 8.4%. If you look at how the cost of living has overall at its fastest pace in 14 years. So food staples like flour, Noodles at all-time highs, chilled poultry prices have jumped by a record 39% after that recent export ban on chicken by Malaysia. That, of course, being lifted last uh, this month. So dining out more expensive as well. Chicken rice, for example, has jumped by 7.9% when it comes to prices. Really hitting me right it. So you've got cost pressures building up, but it's not just Singapore, it's everywhere, right? Mm. So that is the, I guess, task for many central banks. How do you 
mitigate these cost pressures on the most vulnerable parts of the population when it comes to policies. And of course, we've seen from the government, they've been rolling out some measures when it comes to, for example, subsidies as well as GST vouchers. So that is playing out. Of course, they have also been tightening the monetary policies to keep in step with the Federal Reserve when it comes to rates. So buffering the Sing dollar from a stronger US dollar. So that is all playing out. And hopefully in time to come soon, we will get these cost pressures easing up. Yeah, certainly. I think Lawrence Wong announced a $1.5 billion support package not so long ago. So hopefully that will go some way to easing these inflation rules in the short term as well. Uh, Ryan Huang, it's been excellent getting your thoughts on the market view. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.